Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, we're going to begin reading verse 11, and we're going to go all the way into chapter 6 and go to verse 3. And the title of the message today is this, Hindrances to the Next Step. Hindrances to the Next Step. And what I'm referring to, of course, tonight or today is uh, us and taking the next step spiritually, growing in the Lord. And you'll see here where the author of Hebrews, and then I, I may actually go and look at 1 Corinthians 2 and listen to what Paul says there where he's kind of scolding and, and making it very clear that the people of God were not taking the next step. They were not growing in the Lord. They were not uh, leaving the elementary principles of God's Word. Not that we need to leave them. We stand though those, but we grow, right? And we seek to grow spiritually and mature. And so Hebrews chapter 5 Beginning in verse 11, the scripture says this, Concerning him we have much to say, and it, is, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instruction about worship and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Then if you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 3. And we see the Apostle Paul, who I, I kind of believe is the author of Hebrews. It doesn't matter. No one really knows, but it sure seems like it's the Apostle Paul. We know it doesn't matter who it is because we know who was leading the person who wrote it. Amen? The Holy Spirit of God. Uh, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 3. Notice what Paul writes here. He says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ." I gave you milk to drink, not solid food. In fact, that right there is almost verbatim of what's written in Hebrews. Maybe another confirmation that he's most likely the author, right? But he says, I gave you milk to drink, back in verse 2, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? Father God, we come to you this morning. And Lord God, we know that today, Lord Jesus, that it is your desire, it's your, Lord God, your, your demand, Lord, that we would, as your children, grow, that we would be seeking to take the next step in maturity, the next step of faith, Lord God, that you don't want us ever to be comfortable, complacent, or any of those things. And so God, I pray today, Lord, for every believer, beginning with myself, that today through your word, that we would truly be challenged, and Lord God, we would choose to obey you and take the next step and step out in faith and do and be who you've called us to be, Lord Jesus. And Father, I pray, God, for those that might be here, Lord God, that has never been born again, that today, Lord, would be the day that they would truly surrender unto you and become your child today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I want to list just five different hindrances to what I believe you and I as the children of God allow us to hinder, be hindered into taking the next step as the Lord calls us to take the next step in maturity and in faith. Number one, I believe often it's because we don't ever even consider the next step. Uh, in other words, I think a lot of times 
we don't even consider it. We're not even thinking about it. We're not even praying towards being mature in Christ or taking that next step or even caring what the next step might be. And so as I think about that today, I just want to mention just a, about five different things I believe that causes us or keeps us from really even thinking about it and considering the next step. What's God's next step for us? What does He want from us? And of course, number one, as always, often it's our commitment that causes us not to consider that next step. Uh, we're committed to so many other things and even other people, but often we're not committed enough to the Lord to be considering and just really thinking about and processing what the next step is for us as Christians, as believers. So often it's our commitment, isn't it? Second of all, often I believe that we don't consider the next step in the Lord is because we become dull of hearing. There's a communication issue, right? Notice what he tells him in verse 11. He says, since you have become dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. Now I know some of you wives in here this morning, you know what it means for someone to be dull of hearing, right? You have a spouse that is dull of hearing, you always accuse us of not listening and not hearing, right? Amen? But it's really not dull of hearing, it's just selective hearing. We hear what we want to. Amen, guys? You with me? But listen, they, no doubt the children of God, and we can relate to it in our own lives, we have often become dull of hearing. Uh, we are not communicating properly with God or allowing Him to communicate with us. We grow dull of hearing. I really think of this passage when I think of the words dull of hearing. I really believe for you and I often, we just get used to the Lord, don't we? We kind of get used to His voice and we kind of tune Him out, don't we? Uh, many of y'all know this, you've heard me say that when we stepped out in full-time evangelism, I was pastoring a church over in Ala, Louisiana. Well, I'll never forget my first few nights of staying in the parsonage in Ala, Louisiana, because about midnight, sometimes around 1 a.m., there's a train that would roll through there. And there was very, there were so many different places that it would cross. It wouldn't really uh, blow the horn as much, but I mean, it was loud. I mean, we were within... I don't know, I'm going to say a quarter of a mile, even less, maybe from the railroad tracks. And I thought to myself, I was like, wow, this is going to be tough. I'm not that light of a sleeper, but y'all know trains are really loud. And so I was like, man, woke up the first few times, I was like, what in the world? But you know what happened? Shortly after that, as days turned into weeks, I never noticed the train ever again. Did the train quit coming? No, it was still coming every night like clockwork. What happened? I got used to it. I became dull of hearing that train. Does that make sense? And I believe spiritually that's what happens to us. That often the reason we don't consider taking the next step with the Lord is we're so blessed to hear from Him. We're so blessed to have His Word in its entirety and, and man, copies on every shelf in our house and everything else. If you're like me and you listen to Christian radio, you hear it and you hear it. And often we can get so used to the voice of God that we get dull of hearing, don't we? And we never consider taking that next step in the Lord and that maturity that He calls us to. But not only that, often we get spiritually lazy too, don't we? I know often for me, this is my shortcoming. I get so comfortable, so lazy, that I just never consider it. I think, well, I'm all good, right? Just get lazy. Spiritually lazy. Or maybe it's idolatry today. Maybe it's some sort of idolatry in our life that keeps us from taking or considering the next step. Or maybe it's apathy, a lack of interest, no desire. What is it today that would keep you from even considering the next step? It's, is it even on our mind, it is even on our heart to take the next step and mature in the Lord? 
So we see, first of all, we don't even consider it often, do we? Second of all, this morning, I believe another reason why you and I often don't take the next step in maturity in our faith is we don't, or we think what we don't know don't hurt us. We think what we don't know don't hurt us. Listen to what chapter 6, verse 1 through verse 3 says. Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. But he says, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ. For me, I without a doubt believe that these, these, and just like ourselves today, often we get to a place where we think, well, what I don't know don't hurt me. In fact, we've probably said that about other things in our life. But often I think we adopt that in our spiritual life. We think, well, you know, what I don't know don't hurt me. I know what it takes to be saved. I know I'm a child of God. That's enough. Well, no, it's not. Amen? Our, our testimony against our own selves is in the fact that we don't know more and we're not growing in the Lord, right? And we're not pressing on to maturity, as he says right here, leaving the elementary teachings about Christ and pressing on towards maturity. We really often believe what we don't know won't hurt us. And the fact that we don't know is a testimony against ourselves, isn't it? It's a testimony against where we are spiritually. And listen, today, I want to remind you that guess who's responsible for your spiritual maturity? God gives us preachers. God gives us teachers. God gives us mentors in our faith and everything else. But ultimately, who's responsible? We are individually for our own maturity, aren't we? And so we've got to quit thinking, well, what we don't know won't hurt us. Now we need to search the Scriptures. We need to study the Scriptures. We need to meditate on the Scriptures. We need to be constantly communicating with God and truly recognizing where He wants us and what He wants from us. Amen? So we think what we don't know won't hurt us. Third of all this morning, maybe today the hindrance to us taking the next step in faith and maturity is we just simply don't want to grow up. Amen? How many of y'all remember the commercials for Toys R Us? What was it? Somebody tell me. I don't want to grow up. I'm a... Man, I think we have often taken that spiritually, haven't we? We just don't want to grow up. Man, I know for me, when I was growing up as a young boy, should have been growing into a young man, well, man, I didn't want to grow up because I didn't want the responsibility of an adult. I didn't want the bills... I didn't want the full-time job. I wanted to work on my schedule when I wanted money or needed money, and that was it, right? I didn't want to grow up because I did not want that responsibility. And I believe you and I put this to practice in the same in our spiritual life. We don't want to grow up spiritually because we don't want the responsibility. We don't want what comes with maturing in our faith. The sacrifice, the letting go of some things, the lack of freedom, although we have freedom in Christ, but we don't have freedom in our flesh, right? I know, as I just used that illustration, man, how many of y'all know when you were teenagers and you were, you were young, still living with mom and dad, man, you could take off this, do that, spend, do this, and do that, man, but when you got your own mortgage, you got your own car note, you got your own insurance, man, you didn't have the luxury of, and the freedom that you once had, amen? There was a lot more responsibility, a lot more res, uh, responsibility that held, and seemingly held you back, but spiritually, we need to recognize, man, we've got to grow and we need to get to a place where we have more responsibility and maturing in the, in the Lord. So often we don't take the next step because we simply don't want to grow up. We don't want the responsibility. We like staying, as he says here, to the 
uh, folks receiving this. And the, the writer of Hebrews, he, he says infant. Then, of course, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says you're infants. They didn't want to grow up. I don't know about you, but can you get a middle picture? He keeps referring to them on milk. And then he says the word infant. Man, he, he's really and truly, he's doing it in a nice way, but he's really scolding them pretty good, isn't he? In other words, he's saying, you're just a bunch of babies. You want to stay babies. Uh, I'm not in a Baptist church today, but I use often when I preach, the, I preached a revival here the other day on the, on the uh, prodigal son. And you remember the prodigal son, I, I entitled him as a bitter Baptist. Well, I guess we could be a bitter Bible church too, amen, but... Man, often aren't we, though, infants, and we're just sitting there sucking on a pacifier, wanting a bottle of milk, when God said, hey, man, I got a ribeye steak for you. I got some backstrap for you, amen? I talked to a brother a while ago, I got some rainbow trout filleted and, and uh, fried up for you. And we're sitting there, no, nah, I just take some milk. No, God wants us to want to grow up and get off the milk and get past the infant stage. As important as that infant stage is, and as cute as it is, and as exciting as it is, God wants us to mature. Um, y'all know this. Y'all, many of y'all saw last Sunday my little five-year-old. Uh, man, I can't put in the words the, man, just blessing to, to have him later in life. Uh, I'm still not a perfect parent, but man, I learned so much at a younger age from having a child at 17 and then having one at 40, there was so much I'd learned. My patients were totally different. Now, as I said, I'm still not a perfect parent. Please don't think that I've got it together and I'm not going to write a book on parenting, amen? <laughs> but listen, I can't tell you how, man, I'm so thankful for him. He's just so awesome. I love that little dude, but I don't want him to stay five. As much as I love this time right now where I'm his hero he wants me, all those things, but I don't want him to stay that way. I want him to grow and mature and experience what I'm experiencing now as a father and a husband and as a child of God. I want him to grow and mature and experience all those things. And so how foolish are we to think that we would want a God or that we would choose to stay as an infant, right, and not grow? So often it's simply because we don't want to grow up. Fourth of all this morning... Another reason why we don't take the next step in our faith and maturity is we just don't trust God to take the next step, do we? It's a lack of faith. We don't trust Him. Maybe it's this trust issue is a fear issue, right? Well, God, if I step out there and I really sell out to you, you may send me somewhere where I can't even pronounce and never have heard of. We know well, this is a mission-minded church. We know that could be true, but it may not be true either. We just got to trust Him, spit out that fear, quit listening to the enemy in our flesh, and trust God to take the next step. And wherever He leads you, or wherever you might remain, just trust Him and know that whatever He's got in store for you is going to be amazing. It may be difficult at times, but it's going to be amazing. Amen? It's going to be awesome. And I'm telling you, the, our walk with the Lord, God intends for it to be exciting. And He's not going to bore you to death. Or he'll wear you out if you let, let Him. Amen. He'll use you in a powerful way. But we can trust Him, can't we? Man, He can be trusted with every next step, everything in our future. He can be trusted. 
if we would just choose to walk with him and take that next step and go and go. Uh, I used my son just a moment ago as an illustration, but every one of us can relate to the fact we've been in a swimming pool or we've been on the edge of a swimming pool, one right side of the other. In the old illustration where you know how, man, that child who is in fear not wanting to jump into that swimming pool and that parent or that ch- uh, friend or whoever it might be sitting there said, come, I'm going to catch you, I'm going to catch you. And of course, once that child jumps in, what happens nine times out of ten? Sometimes they may cry, right? But nine times out of ten, what happens? That child goes crazy, laughing, excited. And next thing you know, they're jumping in like crazy. Not waiting on anybody to catch them. They got their floaties on, they're jumping in, having a blast. They love it. In fact, they start crying when you tell them to get out of the swimming pool, right? Man, that's what the Lord wants us to recognize. He can be trusted. Jump in with both feet. Trust Him. And next thing you know, you'll be having the time of your life, amen, experiencing true joy and fulfillment and purpose if we are willing just to take that next step. He can be trusted, folks. He can be trusted. And then last of all this morning, I believe often, too, another reason why many don't take the next step in their faith or in maturing in their faith is possibly because they never took the first step. They never took the first step to truly become a Christian. To let Jesus save them. Man, you've probably heard me quote this before, but Matthew chapter 7, I believe it is, speaks about the Lord's day of judgment. And the Lord says this, He says, On that day many will come unto me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Work many miracles in your name? And Jesus says this, and he says, I will turn to them and say, depart from me, I never knew you. Not that I did know you and you lost your salvation. Thank God that can't happen. But he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And so you've got a group of people, the Lord is saying, prophesying that this is going to take place. That on the day of judgment, that people who prophesied, cast out demons in Jesus' name, worked many miracles that he never knew them. They never took the first step, right? I've heard it said before that many will miss heaven by 17 inches. And 17 inches is typically the distance between your heart and your head. So many folks having a head knowledge and not really having Jesus in their heart, not having that relationship. Of course, Jesus also said that broad is the way that leads to destruction and many are they that go that way and he said narrow is the path that leads to life and few are they that find it and so today listen man I'm telling you if there was one thing Satan could choose to deceive us in it would be whether or not we're the child of God that we say we are right whether or not we've ever taken that first step and so today Once again, I'm not one of those guys that's going to try to manipulate you or turn the lights down low and let you bow your heads and raise a hand or whatever. I just challenge you today, though, to search your heart to know whether or not you've been born again, whether you've taken the first step, whether you've ever, ever truly allowed Jesus Christ to redeem you. Again, I'm not asking about church membership because, man, I'm telling you, nine out of ten people I ask about their faith, they'll give me a list of, things they've done from church membership to baptism and all these things and those things are really important but they have no value if you've never taken the first step of faith and that's putting your faith and trust in Jesus amen and truly being born again so I'm going to ask you to stand this morning 
as we get prepared to go through the invitation, there's one other thing I want to share. I know that Brother, Brother Eddie just told us a moment ago and reminded us we're about to get ready to do the Lord's Supper. And so, of course, number one today, if you're not a child of God, man, you can participate today in the Lord's Supper and how awesome and beautiful it is, the picture it is to us for the first time. But for a child of God today, I want to read you a passage of Scripture before we even enter into the invitation today. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 27. There's a warning here. It says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup, and that's referring to the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, communion. It says, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, it says, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. He says, but a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks eats, drink, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. And then he goes on to share example. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep, which is referring to death. And so I'm telling you today, what we're about to do after the invitation is of great importance. It's not just a little cup of grape juice. It is a cup that represents the blood of Christ. Amen? It's not just a little piece of cracker or bread or whatever form we choose to represent the body of Christ in that bread. It truly represents the body of Christ. And it is very important. And it's meant to be special. Amen? And the Word challenges, the Lord challenges us to examine ourselves. Where are we with Him? And so I'm going to pray. And when I get finished praying, if you're here and you're lost, man, I challenge you to step out. Whether you want to come to me, Brother Eddie, or some other leader here this morning, would walk you through the Word of God and show you how you can be born again. Or if you're a child of God, when I end up praying today, and you know your heart's not right with God, you've already examined yourself, the Holy Spirit's examined you, and there's something that needs to be done today in some form of repentance. And I challenge you to come to the altar today. Whatever God impresses on your heart, would you do that? so that you might be able to partake in a way that's worthy unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. We'll turn our attention back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23 and verse 24. The scripture says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And I know today that it goes without saying, but I still want to say this today. As we look at this bread that represents his body, we know that today it represents truly the body of Christ. And that he gave his body for us. I think about in just a few short weeks as we get to celebrate Easter and the resurrection of Easter. But before that took place, the Lord Jesus took beatings and took unbelievable pain in His body as He was being prepared to pay for our sins. Amen? And He willfully did that and gave His body for us. Amen? So I'm going to ask Brother Ray if he would pray for us today as we get prepared to partake of the bread.
We'll turn our attention back to 1 Corinthians 11 now, verse 25 and verse 26. The scripture says this, In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And how many of us today can testify and praise God for the new covenant? Amen. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And today I know I just mentioned the bread and how significant it really truly represents the body of Christ. Well, this cup today truly represents the blood of Christ. The Bible tells us that life is found in the blood. And so today when we drink of this, not only are we reminded from the bread of how God's, uh, Jesus' body was beaten and everything else, but he ultimately gave his life too, amen? And that blood atoning work on Calvary is what brings us in the right standings with God. Amen? Thank God that I don't have to pay for my sin. There may be consequences inside of heaven for decisions I make, poor decisions, sin. But thank God when I stand before the Lord God that Jesus Christ, His blood sacrifice, because of my faith in Him and what He's did, I don't have to pay for my sin. Amen?